Okay, so thank you for joining us. I'm here with Vijay Kumar uh, Mukandani. He's the director, producer, ultimately a filmmaker, the most amazing background. I know we've spoken to him before. He had two films uh, in competition at our Warsaw Festival, which we're now posted, finished last night, um, which is When in Rome and Love Can't Be Locked Down. Both films won an award. The main thing is he's attached to both these wonderful short films. Uh, he's just done this incredible editorial for our magazine. And I kind of don't want to talk too much about that editorial in, in the sense of he he um, elaborated really well about his life story, but we kind of have to talk about it because I'm still blown away by the chat we had a couple of weeks ago in our previous interview with him, which was, for me personally, if you don't mind me saying this VJ, and welcome, welcome so much for joining us. The thing that really gets me is, well, this sounds heretical, less to do with the filmmaking and more to do with the chances you've given to other filmmakers. And it gets back to this disruption, artists for change. I'm kind of waffling on a bit, but, you know, really well done and um, humbling uh, and extraordinary, really. Just tell us about both these films in the sense of, um, let's talk about When in Rome first, because I know that was done pre-lockdown. Uh, and then talk about Love Can't Be Locked Down, which was done during and, and really when it all started. Actually, it was the big thing that it started and you had to scramble to get these films, that film finished. So, like I say, thanks for joining us and, you know, big hats off to you. Thank you, Steve. It's my pleasure to be on the on this, uh, studio with you guys and talking about the film. So, uh, I think uh, Fusion Film Festival has done some amazing work and I'm so happy that my films were selected at the Warsaw edition. Both of them, two different uh, genres, two completely on the opposite side. One, when in Rome, is a um, LGBTQ-centric film, and Love Can Be Locked Down, as the name suggests, is completely a pandemic film, which was done during the time. So, thank you for that, and really appreciated that both the films managed to pick up an award in their own respective categories. So, definitely, they, the entire team deserves all the credit because yes you know what it takes to make a film and everybody right from the smaller point of the film to the larger point of the film is equally involved and must be kind of congratulated for every small bit that they do so we're hearty congratulations to both the teams one in italy and the other team in the us so uh, that's good so let me give you a little bit of an idea of um, when in rome which actually the italian name is paese ky uh, it was done at the last quarter of 2019 and once it was ready it was approached to me by the cinematographer which is giuseppe he introduced me to luca and as you know that generally filmmakers for them the biggest thing is to make a film they have entire energy entire enthusiasm put into the development into the pre-production and production sometimes the stories take a couple of years just for paese ky luca had the story in his mind for almost three years and then it came into action whatever things he had or limitations he had to get this thing done but finally he made it but what happens is after you've gone through that conversion process of creating a film you sometimes reach a point that it's done and you don't know okay you feel like okay it's done fine it's done but and there's another chapter that starts is the publicity or the promotions or the marketing of the film because after you made something you want the visibility and you wanted to get as many eyeballs because you want your work to be seen, however small it is, however big it is, because that's what the whole idea is about making movies and telling stories. That's the point where actually 
my specialty comes into play as in one part as a producer where I really think I have uh, excelled in the area of understanding the marketing and promotions of a film of getting publicities and how it can be approached in film festivals. So that's the way I approached um, Luca and I got on board to be able to take that responsibility of trying to get the maximum visibility of the film. And here we are, we've done tremendously well this year. So I think that our strategy and our thing worked well. So here we are doing a great job in 2020 when everybody was kind of taking a low-lying low story. I kind of worked harder on that and pitched it. So very, very happy for the entire team and for the film that's done so well. So the film is a little bit about personal experience or personal idea that Luca had about how um, people have to make choices in life, but they kind of are scared or they make a choice, but they don't reveal it out. So it's a story about that, how a father and a son relationship comes in when the father, when the son wants to share his little secret about his choices to his father and does not know it's going to be reacted to. And the story turns on into a very good narrative where some comic timing is there. It's got a beautiful uh, outdoors of, of near Italy in Rome. So all in all, it kind of gives you a very feel good factor and also leads you down that if you make any choices in life, don't feel shy, come out and share with people you love because you never know what the reaction is going to be. But just because you anticipate it's not going to be the way you think, you hold yourself back. So I think Luca did a fantastic job in that and the film has come out so beautifully. And thank you for Warsaw for picking it up. So that was the important point in that film. Uh, the characters have done a great job. All the, all the artists have done. They've been nominated several times for Best Actress and Best Actor. And so I think um, the characters, the, the, the story or the character was etched very well by Luca and they performed it so well that getting nominations clearly depicts that it was done in the right way. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's not a coming out of age story. It's not coming out or opening up by showing that you really want to reveal who you are in the, in the category, but it just does fall into that genre of LGBTQ. The story is something else, and it really did resonate well with the audiences, and we won LGBTQ Award a couple of times, so great about it. Moving on from the LGBTQ when in Rome to the next phase, this happened when the lockdown had already started and everybody around the world was taking a backseat and the pressure was mounting up and we did not know what was going on. So yeah. likewise, likewise, staying in the States, staying closer to New York City, we also are facing the same problem. But for me, I generally look at those subjects which impact me and have a social message. And I was waiting that the pandemic is happening. People are getting frustrated. Things are going in that. But there should be some storytelling. And of course, as a as an opportunist um, producer or a filmmaker, you like to see where the situations come like that. And the situation in front of you was there. So I was waiting to make a story on this or trying to get something done, but I did not know where to start. And all of a sudden, my friend, director, Naman Gupta, with whom I had done a free film in the past, the process, he and his team, camera guy, Nico, was discussing about something. And they were some having some discussions about, let's do something, let's do something. And then finally, whatever they decided, they just sent me an email saying, hey, Vijay, we've got something, would you be interested? And when I read that story that Naman presented to me and it was on the pandemic, I said, wow, this is something great because I was always waiting for something, but I wasn't sure how we would do it because the pandemic was really tough and things were right in the beginning, in the early stages 
we are having a tremendous amount of challenges in every aspect of the filmmaking process we are having challenges but i promise naman saying that this film in pandemic will have challenges but it is going to stay for long because i remember when 911 happened we have anniversaries of 911 every year 10 years every time people still go back and think about it and talk about it and there's a story somewhere or the other connected to it so i said the pandemic is not here for once it's going to be here to stay and if we create a story we can talk about it forever and there can be different angles to it so i yeah. think i'm game for the pandemic but let's hope we can make the story in a correct way but not make it like a medical story not make it like what to do and what not to do wash your hands and you know sanitize we didn't want to go that route we wanted to create a story which would be personal on an experience of somebody who was a part of the pandemic and how he would resonate to it so after a lot of going back and forth we managed to create a theme on the film of how it could be having a longer shelf life in terms of a storytelling process i would not re- reveal everything about what it is but it is a story which talks about you can live it once when you are a part of the pandemic you can tell stories to your kids and to your grandkids that this is when it happened and i was a part of it so it worked out well in terms of the storytelling but when we were getting nearer to the shooting dates one by one the hiccups started coming in star cast issues because people wanted to be safe there were a lot of restrictions we were not getting locations properly equipment because stores started shutting down equipment rentals started shutting down because hand handling the equipment spraying the disease all you could think of everything that could be a problem because it was just a new issue and nobody actually knew how to react to it and how to resolve it so we were we are on the same road but we were determined to make a film the good point was that we were not looking at making a film as a normal film so we had a lot of uh, different elements to it the first element was that naman and nico had already planned that we are going to shoot this film on film on mm. not on digital it's yeah. supposed to be on film either we pick up a 16 mm so they were working on 16 mm to shoot this film because they wanted to keep it in that style and really really wanted to stick by the plan so that was first second was pandemic third was picking up a story on the bigotry or the issues the asian americans were facing so it was not a straight flat out lockdown story which you could see what people are doing indoors or what they could do three important elements to the film which was making it unique and different and then the fourth element was making it last for long so the story had a twist in terms of going back in time so every layer it was like a, i told them, i i felt that the film was made like an onion hi naiman so congratulations with your short film love can't be locked down uh which is uh, for, for people who haven't seen it very briefly is a short film the 10th anniversary of the pandemic so kind of looking back at that time very different uh, very quirky um really loved this film but uh, if you could give us an idea of the challenges actually making it because your film the end process of actually shooting it actually dovetailed into um the pandemic in terms of um you were trying to shoot the last scenes and it became very fraught i know because you were you had to shut the production down and you had to finish this quickly but yeah give us an idea of the challenges behind that um what it was like putting this all together during the 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 covid pandemic um and also what was great about making this film hi thank you for taking the time to check out our film love can't be locked down and really glad you enjoyed it 
and as to start and answer the question why we decided or you know why it's set in it's it's different than other i'm guessing most of the covid film is it's set in 10 10 years into the future and we're looking back uh it's the 10th anniversary of the whole pandemic saga um uh, generally i'm a very optimistic person and when i was working with toby who's the writer i wanted to make sure that it is a film about hope and it is not another film about what's wrong or you know what could be wrong or this is the worst time we're living in i i really believe that at the end things more often than not work out for the better humans always come together and make it work so that was part of the reason we wanted to bring out that you know at the end things will work out and obviously we cannot we didn't have the budget to build 10 year in the future sets or anything so this was i think this was part of it it was vijay who's the producer of the film i think it was his idea to do something like a podcast or a radio i think it was a radio show that we changed it to podcast and that's how that whole opening of its set 10 year in the future came to be and as for challenges oh man where do i start um any film even in regular time to shoot a film is you always have less money than you want and you have less time than you need so it was and you know and then when you decide to do a film in the middle of a pandemic in the middle of one of the busiest and biggest cities in the world um but it's it's always great to work with vijay he is such a wonderful and collaborative producer and yeah he takes away at least for me as a director i could focus on for most part my creative stuff and leave rest on vijay so i would i would say like there were a lot of challenges from getting the cast we had like a lot of cast cancel last minute because this covid thing was every day was like it was going out of control so people were backing out which is totally understandable but yeah getting the cast getting the location same thing and then you know scouting the location and it was it was challenge from the start but vj was doing most of the leg work and most of the other work as well so yeah i think um vijay might be able might be a better person to get more into nitty gritty of how things worked and you know how things when they went wrong like uh we were filming one of the last scenes in times square one evening before the lockdown and at one point NYPD they shut us down and there was literally a shouting match they were like yeah and then VJ came in and he i don't know what he did but he he bought us some time and we were able to finish uh, we had to cut some stuff but we were still able to finish whatever we wanted so yeah it was challenging but you know when you have um bunch of people who really want to tell a story and i mean part of it was like telling the covid story but also especially living in new york 
there was a lot of discrimination that was happening against Asian Americans because, you know, the whole, the virus came from China and that saga and stuff. So yeah, we wanted to, we wanted to talk about as well. And, but at the same time, not like by pointing finger at someone, but bringing people together. So yeah, it's, it's always very, very heartwarming when, you know, you find people who share a similar vision and are willing to work hard for little or no money. And when final result is as or even better than you expected. So it, it, at the end, it's always worth it. Perhaps you'd explain why the film was shot on, on original film stock rather than uh, digital, which is, is much more the norm these days. Very unusual, of course. How was that decision arrived at? What technical challenges did it present that you wouldn't normally come across had you shot the film digitally? Uh, yeah, why you decided to go down that road? Shooting it on film was totally the idea of uh, my DP, Nico, who who is very much... He, he has this 16mm camera and he loves shooting on film and he has been bugging me for a while that we should do something on film and then when this whole covid thing was story was coming along he was like yeah we were like okay this could be a perfect opportunity to do that but with that said um, our 16 millimeter camera burned out literally after the first shot of the film so we had to scramble together and we had an option of either Alexa mini or 8mm camera that Nico had and we decided to go with 8mm and it was a as a director it was my first time working with the film camera and with 16mm I still had a director's uh, monitor to look at but 8mm that wasn't there so it was a it was a different experience. Uh, good or bad, I don't know. But yeah, it was a different experience. It it was probably the fastest shoot I've ever done. Probably most of the takes were one or two take because, you know, we had limited eight millimeter rolls. And but yeah, I love the colors. I, I love the grittiness of film. It kind of I think it, it goes with the whole topic of the film and you know it a film being about pandemic and everything falling apart and all that and i think deep uh, nico is is great at what he does so i think we pulled it off pretty well every time you open the layer it was something else every time you open the layer it was something else so i think that is the key uh, key skeleton of this film because it feels like an onion you keep un unlaying the layers one by one and which is a great part of the film and i think as a film festival jury for yourself or a film festival director you guys picked up on that to understand that how the layers were being coming out so i think our strategy worked well our storytelling was great and the results are in front of us as when you see in festivals the way it's been doing and lucky enough our strategy of shooting on film also worked well because was just won the award for the best cinematography in East Europe Film Festival at your festival. So it clearly explained that we were really focused on what we wanted to do. We had our checkpoints in place and we just stuck by the plan and pretty successful. I'm sorry, Vijay. I, I, the thing is, forgive me for saying this, 
I think you've done yourself a real disservice because you've explained those films really well as you have, but you've not talked about really very much about your involvement in them. Because I know you were there at every every stage of both films and Divide, which we'll talk about later. But um, it's something that I was talking about at the beginning. The humble person that you are, what you've not mentioned is the reason how you were drawn to both these projects. It's the fact that you were drawn to these films for the massive social side of them. It's not more important than the films. It's, it, it isn't that. But it's equally important uh, for me in terms of you wanted to become involved in these films. And again, we touched upon this in the editorial. Um, but I think it's important for people to know that at the end of the day, you're putting yourself in the line in terms of financially, reputation, but you bought into these. When I say bought into them, I don't just mean financially. I've been bought into them to heart, soul, everything. Why? Why did you risk your reputation and the finance? What is it about these that makes you want to, to do that? You know, you might get a filmmaker this one project, but actually this has become like a, a um, how can I put this, a life project for you, if that's the right way to describe it. I think um, it's a very... Uh... It's, a, it's not so easy to understand why we as a human or as an individual do things in terms of what we like. Like, for example, not comparing it with something as charity, but, you know, we all want to do something for society. We yeah. want to be socially responsible. We want to... It's not all about me, myself. It's also about giving back. So You're, you're actually saying, go on, I'm, I bought into this. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I can see what you're doing. Go and make it. That ultimately is what it boils down to. See, see, for example, you can do something by yourself only to a certain limitation. You can do only that much. Like you can make yourself one film, two films. But there are so many stories available in the market, in the open space, that there are so many filmmakers, so many ideas, so many different countries. I can't be reaching out everywhere by myself individually. I can't be thinking of all the stories. So I think this idea of being socially responsible came when, I think I, it, it's all because I started the documentaries. So I think that is where the storytelling became more real because you're not making fiction, you're making non-fiction stuff, which is real. And the stories are so real that you wanted to share with the world because people around the world are doing it. All you are doing is you are being a part of their voice in your medium of excellence, and that's filmmaking. Mm. My contribution to their story is just that I'm being able to present it to the world. Now... In Australia, when I made the first documentary on on homelessness about one doctor who was who gave his entire life for the cause. Yeah. Now, if you if you just have to put the number, the math, twenty years of his life, do it every day, contribute to giving into society is invaluable. You can't even put a price tag on it. You can't even put the value that he was spent in his life. Me as a filmmaker, even the cost of making the film is still nothing compared to the value of the service he's given to society. The least I could do is, I told him, the least I can do is I can get your story out to the world. Just give me an opportunity to tell you the story. And mind you, Steve, these people are not there for fame or glory. It took me six months to convince him that we should make a story and put it to people. He wasn't agreeing at all. Why? Because he did not believe in glamour, did not believe in trying to be the hero, but underneath, he was a hero. 
He won the Auslan Hero of the Year award so many times because he did something for society which was really remarkable, and that's why he was given the award. Now, if he's a hero, and that problem of homelessness is not Australian problem or just one city, it's a global pandemic problem. Every city has got it. So, if he came up with some solutions of being able to help that community of people, where they could avoid doing certain things just because they had to. Fend for themselves towards food. I think that is a prototype solution which can be deployed anywhere in the world. So that story was not only about him. The story was about a solution to share to the world. And I felt happy that I am not giving the solution, but I am the medium to convey the solution to the world. And that film did extremely well because the message was so strong. That is where I thought about that. Okay, you know what? I can continue to do this by myself. Or I can also continue to do this with others who want to do the same, and that's where your question of other filmmakers having stories. I open my doors, or I, I'm wanting to create a bigger platform where these filmmakers have got stories to share to the world, but do not have the right resources, or do not have the money, or do not have the platform. In many cases, I'm there to support them, and. My point of support is that I should be impacted with the story. I should resonate with the story by saying, "Yes, this is a great story. It needs to be told because, at the end of the day, there has to be some call to action coming from the storytelling." Now, documentaries do have all the way, but short films, generally, short films are not being made for that reason. But I channelize myself towards short films where you have a story with the message coming in. So that's where. Paisakey had some story which had a message. Love can be locked down. Clearly has a message. I did one film called Habaneros in 2018, which was on women empowerment and the women's march mm. when the U U.S. political situation changed in 2016. So there was an agenda over there as well. Now moving forward is divide, which is again taking an angle towards Black Lives Matter movement. So these are short films. These are these are fiction. But there is a storytelling which tells you about a concern, about something that needs to be brought to the audiences. As as I do, I cannot make every film. I cannot write every film. I cannot direct every film. So the direct the directors are there, the storytellers are there. They come to me. They approach me because they know that I have this affinity towards these stories. I have been successful in doing it, a great track record, and I am. Open to ideas and working together, so that opens the platform for all these people. And I'm hopefully I'm able to make it into a professional, larger platform where people kind of join the bandwagon. And that was my mission ten years ago when I did the Australian film. That someday I should be able to do that. And I think after a decade being working over here and having established myself as a decent filmmaker, or a, I think I'm ready to set that platform. So I hope people who hear me out, any filmmakers who've got social stories, like we, like normally we say we have seven billion people on this planet. We have seven billion stories. So the world is not enough. You could come from anywhere, and if I'm able to connect and be able to be a part of the storytelling process, I'll be more than happy. When it comes about money, finances, it is a struggle because documentaries. I, I don't recover my money at all, all times. It's not possible. But mm. there is certain amount of satisfaction that you get that 
you work hard you make money through other resources sometimes you get some funds sometimes you get some contributions but it's not all about money all the time no if if that was the case then i would be making hollywood commercial films with big banners but that's not the objective it might happen in the future if there is some social stories which might come out in the light you never know but as of now whatever can happen if people are willing to contribute there are agencies there are corporate people or companies who want to do stuff like that so it's all collaboration whoever is willing to do that and in the same mission of making a difference we are there that's what i want to do make a difference in the way best i can do and that the point you were saying about why i do it what my mission is my mission is actually making a difference because i i truly believe that i was not just born to come and go i was born here to stay and leave a legacy people should remember the kind of work i did and the kind of contribution i gave to society so i'm very much inclined in that aspect of my life yeah thank you vijay i mean really well explained and something you said a few things or, or one in particular about the money side of it i think a lot of people's priorities and perceptions have changed with covid of course and made them realize what's really really important what is interesting is with an amen for love can't be locked down and also luca with what in rome as you know they contributed towards the editorial for the magazine and both of them were um, extolling just how easy it was to work with you i mean they both said you were there on set helping massively but the impression the overall impression i got from both of them was that you were very hands off in terms of you've you've approved the project you want to be part of the project and you're going to let them run with it which is nice which was a, lo- a lovely thing because you know some people might put them inject their money and inject their um, expertise but want to have overall control but the impression i got from both of them is you were there to to contribute but you gave them free reign not totally i mean that might be making making it simplistic but and that was really nice and that was really not surprising but it was great to hear because it proved that you just had faith in them so so like for me uh, steve i have uh, involvements in different projects at different capacities so to just discuss the capacity that i was involved with basically why when in rome I was involved in a certain part of the business where you had to get the marketing and promotions and the festival participation and the visibility for the film. That mm. was a very clear defined role. I was not going to get into the creativity because it was all done, it was all ready yeah. and we had to take it to the next level. Now I had two soft corners for that. One is it was an Italian film and I lived in Italy for many years so I always wanted to do something Italian. So yeah. that was the first turning point. The second was I have a lot of LGBTQ friends and I knew that LGBTQ story was a very good story to share in whatever way it comes so it had two very strong elements for me and I was to insist it's got a great market value this story will fly nicely in the market let me get the opportunity to do it for you guys and that's the time Luca like he he very in, in his friendly way they told me that Vincenzo with that's what he used to call me because that's what what my name was in Italy when we used to say says Vincenzo do your magic and that's that resonated with me so I said okay just leave it to me and I will tell you I'll work out the strategy so my role was very defined and that's he did not interfere much he did not he had he trusted in me and I trusted him saying that you have a great product you have a great firm you've done excellently well with what your expertise was mm. now let me play my expertise 
please and take it to the other level. And he gave me a free hand, and I think we worked very well, and the film is done extremely well. Hello, uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you, uh, even if virtually. And so thank you uh, for the invite. Hi, Luca. Thanks for taking the time to join us and congratulations with your short film, Pese Chavez, also known as When in Rome in English. Um, so I understand you're the director, co-writer, co-producer uh, on this brilliant short film. Beautifully made, beautifully shot. Um, so yeah, can you just give us some background as to how you became involved in this project? Um, why you decided to write this story? Um, and just uh, a very brief synopsis for those that haven't that haven't um, seen this film. It's effectively about a, a young, handsome man returning home after a long time with his male partner, Matea, um, and the ramifications that has with his family. Um, but yeah, where did the idea come from? How did it come about? Um, how did you come to work with VJ? Uh, what, what were the challenges of making this film? Um, how do you manage to cast it? Yeah, just some, some general background would be wonderful. I, I think we still need to talk about uh, these themes, uh, um, about uh, homosexuality, about um, sexuality preference mostly. And uh, I think that the the right way, I mean, not the right way, my way to speak about uh, is always to put some ironic and uh, never stress too much uh, uh, about uh, the, the central uh, aim, but always uh, speak around. So uh, make some parallels uh, to stress out the point. Uh, and that's why I decided to read the story because it uh, gave me the opportunity to, to speak um, in parallelism uh, from another uh, object uh, translate in my object uh, that was of course uh, the main uh, target, uh, the sexual preferences. I wanted to tell the story and I started uh, to think about, uh, let's say, three years ago. And uh, I want to produce something, uh, a short film. And uh, I thought uh, that was uh, a great opportunity uh, to telling the story. Um, actually, it came out uh, from a dinner I had with a friend of mine and his family. Uh, his, his father uh, actually is a butcher in the real and so we start to having fun about uh, the situation about um, uh, homosexuality uh, about uh, you know what what is like uh, when you say it in a family and uh, uh, what could be the reaction and uh, it was very funny because uh, this, this father, this man, uh, was completely fine uh, with uh, all this uh, possibility, uh, but it wasn't wasn't fun uh, in case uh, a, a son of him uh, would say that about his, uh, you know, his uh, uh, appetite uh, preference, and uh, it, it, it was. 
it was great for me. It was a great story and I think was uh, right for a short film. And so I start to, to move on, to think about a few days, few months. And then I said, okay, I think uh, there is a story to tell. Me and uh, Vijay, uh, we, um, we met thanks uh, a common friend uh, with uh, Giuseppe Mottola, the director of photography and executive producer of uh, When in Rome. And uh, he lives uh, in New York, uh, and uh, like uh, uh, Vincenzo, Vijay. So um, they met first. Uh, uh, they spoke about this project, uh, and then Giuseppe told me about him. Uh, we, I, I, I start to talk to him, uh, put him together, um, this develop, uh, and actually it has been great because uh, he's got uh, all the energy that uh, after a while a director, writer, and producer uh, could have a little bit less. So I needed uh, a booster, let's say, from somehow, and uh, Vijay is was uh, what gave the project a kind of booster energizer. Putting together a production for a short film uh, is always very tough, in my opinion, because um, short film doesn't have um, a huge market uh, econ economic. Of course, it does in a way, but it's not a feature film. So anyway, you, you've got results just after you shot uh, your short film. And that's why uh, raising money and put together people, actors, cast, whatever, to do, to shoot it is quite tough. And that's, you know, what was my experience. So I start, uh, as I said, uh, a long time ago. At the beginning, probably wasn't that focused. But then uh, I, uh, when the project uh, would keep going in my mind and I wrote that and I really enjoy, I really liked uh, and uh, time was passing by and still enjoying and still liked, I said, okay, we, we, we have to shoot for sure. Uh, um, so I, from here in Italy, I start to call, you know, any producer I know from my first assistant director job and uh, try to have some help. Uh, then I, I also apply for a kind of economic um, support uh, from uh, some association, uh, actor association, and I got that. And actually then uh, I was waiting to have more, uh, more economic helps, uh, but uh, the time was, um, was getting off, uh, running off. So I decided to, to start anyway. So at the beginning, the, the project uh, didn't have the, the right actual amount of money I needed. So I, I had to reduce some, some part of the script. I had to reschedule. I had to reduce the project. I did so because I thought, uh, okay, it's better to do it now somehow instead of keep trying to, to do your, what you really want in your mind and keep going, keep going, keep going. So I did it. And uh, actually, now I think it definitely was the right decision.
When in Rome, yeah, from the title, for sure you can understand that uh, it's very defined, the location. But actually, you're right, it's not in a way. I'm sure uh, this um, this game could work also in another in another country. Um, probably the only thing I would say that should be uh, in the countryside uh, of a big city, maybe London, maybe New York, uh, whatever, uh, because I wanted to have this countryside test. Uh, but yes, the, I think the, the main um, issues are all around the same. So, of course, uh, Italy is um, in the stereotype, uh, is the country of the um, food, uh, maybe the meat uh, and whatever. So, for sure, Italy and countryside of Rome was the best solution. But I can tell you that it could be work uh, with some adjustment uh, in another in another country. I believe that any story um, can be done uh, wherever. You just need to to take your idea and um, move all around uh, uh, the space that you have. So basically, yes, you can do whatever you want to do. And also, this project could shot uh, uh, somewhere else. Um, yes, and why not? Let's shoot again somewhere else. Thank you so much. Now coming to Love Can Be Lockdown. Now, I am also a director and a producer. Not all directors are producers. That's very important. So when Naman approached me, I'm a producer and a director. So when you're a director, you know the aspects of the creativity of how the film is going to shape up. Mm. Right from the inception stage to the completion stage. I think I have spent a lot of time in this industry. So I have got a lot of value addition as a producer. I make my films. I've got extremely good control over production of managing things, getting it worked out, making things available. So that reduces the burden out of the director so they can focus more on the creative element, do their short breakdowns, do their camera angles. So they don't have to worry about what is the requirement of the film, how it's going to happen. And that I take the burden off. So they are only involved in the making of it. That is why they feel it's great to me because I, I leave the creativity to them because I know they are on the right track. I tell them, leave the production to me. I know how it wants to be done. Yeah. But when I'm doing the entire production of Love Can Be Locked On, I have a lot of inputs on the creative aspect because I am also a director. So I give a lot of inputs on the script, on the storytelling, on the whatever is required. So we work hand in hand. Naman is a very open-minded person. He listens to your views because he respects me as a director as well. And there are sometimes creative discussions, there are sometimes debates because it's always not to say yes to the other person just because you're the producer or you have better experience. No, it works. You have to challenge each other's creativity, why and how. And that's when the product becomes nice. And that happened in Love Can Be Lockdown, where we were trying to see how the narration should happen. Initially, the film was without any voiceover, without any dialogue. That's what the initial concept Naman came with. But I told him, no, you have to have something to put into the story. And then we debated and then we got something good out of it. So the point comes, he trusted me. It's like you said, I trusted them, they trusted me. As far as the filmmaking process is complete, 
the marketing promotion and festival, they trust me blindly because I have an excellent track record and a great expertise in that. So they do not question me why I'm making it, what's my strategy, where it's going. They suggest if they have something, they share some ideas, but I've got a better grip on it and I take charge of it completely. So it's always a team effort, but you should know what your expertise is that you can tell the person, I know this area, let me handle it. Like for example, if you are an editor, I don't interfere in editing. Because it's your job. You're, you're the master of that craft. If you're a cinematographer, I will not ask you how the lighting is looking, what's the light, what's the focus. I will not. I left it to Nico. Because that's his department and that's his expertise. You don't want to mess or meddle with somebody else's area of expertise. You can suggest, but that is only the way you want to in terms of the bigger picture of the film. But when the job comes into place, you got to do it. And he did a great job. That's why he's got the award. So it's very straightforward, you know. Yeah, it's very straightforward. Absolutely. So, um, BJ, let's talk about divide. Now, I know that's not in competition and in our festival in Warsaw, but it's extremely important to you. Um, let's talk about that. Give us an idea what it's about, where this idea came from, why you decided to be part of it. So, when we were, the pandemic was going on, we made love can be locked down on the last day before the lockdown could happen in New York City. 21st of March, it happened, we started working, everything went okay. Now, the pandemic took a different turn when you had this issue on the Black Lives situation that happened. There were mm. a lot of lot of incidents that happened in the US and it sparked off tremendously. So it was like protests and looting and a lot of things happened. Of course, Black Lives Matter is a very important subject. I'm an immigrant to the country, I'm Asian, I have had my own share of racial discrimination in different parts of the world, not to that extent, but mm-hmm. you do you do face it in some way or the other, be it any country. If somebody denies by saying that, no, I'm brown skin or I am from the East and I never had any racial discrimination, then he's lying. It happens in the corporate structure. It happens in jobs. It happens when people look at you. It happens everywhere. Maybe sometimes you're oblivious of it. Sometimes you just don't want to listen to it, just don't care about it. But there it happens. I can name the countries it's happened, but it's okay. How you deal with it and how you overcome that is the most important part. I have very strong, I'm very, very powerful because I believe in myself. How good I am does not justify what my color of my skin is. It, it is only based on how what my qualifications are. So that's where I challenge people that you cannot judge me because of my color of my skin. You've got to judge me because of my qualifications. So this was always there in the back of your mind that someday you're going to do something like that or some story will come. Then the Black Lives Matter situation came in. That's George, who had met uh, through a screen of his film, a common friend, we spoke about it. And he had made a, he had made a normal common short film, like a commercial film. So, you know, I always told him that these are my films. He watched my films, he used to follow me on Instagram and saw the Paisa KY updates that was coming in. So he sent me an email saying, hey Vijay, we've got a story and we would like to share with you. Would you be interested? I said, share with me. Like I, I never refuse anybody because I believe in positivity. I believe that every idea is a good idea. That's very straightforward. Every idea is a good idea. It depends how you convert it. Conversion rates change. They shared me the idea and they said, we've got two ideas. One was a pandemic film and one was Black Lives Matter. And they approached me in July. 
I told them pandemic is not going to work because I already have a pandemic film, so I cannot have a rift between my own film and making a film for you. Yeah, so yeah. that's out. Very straightforward. Secondly, it's overpopulated pandemic. Your story is just going to be like something the other one did. You're coming too late mm. in the plan because mm. till you started thinking of a concept in July, till you make it in September or something, we are almost to the end of the curve. We were expecting the curve to flatten faster, but you know, at that time in July, I said, you're at the end of the curve, it's not going to fly. So let's think about something else. And Black Lives Matter was very hot. It was very um, serious. It was a lot of concerns. And I said, this is a subject which is interesting. And this is a subject which will stay for life because again, it's a problem which is not going to go away tomorrow. Black lives, racial discrimination is always going to be there. It can reduce, but it's not going to diminish. It can't become zero. Yeah. So let's work on that subject. And that's when we spoke about the film. I got the idea from him and Anthony, who's the writer and director as well. And I asked George, who's going to direct the film? He said, Anthony, my, my mate, is going to direct it and I'm going to produce it as the executive producer. I was very straight. I said, I don't know Anthony. I know you. That's the point when you ask me, my reputation, my money. So I have to be sure who is going to make the film and yeah. I have confidence in him. Yeah. So I asked him to show, share me the showreel of Anthony to be able to see what kind of work he had done. I knew George, because George had done the film, I knew George's capacity, so I could put my money on George and my reputation on George, but Anthony, I had a doubt. So George very nicely, very politely shared with me of Anthony's showreel. I saw a couple of his films and I saw the potential that this guy had potential for storytelling a young guy so i said you know what as long as i'm involved in a lot of steps a lot of processes in the film yeah. i would put my reputation on this film so they gave me the free hand they gave me the opportunity to be the producer of the film at every level that was great because i was not controlling the situation but i was having a say on the creative inputs because they had to respect me as a filmmaker in total not only a producer but a director as Absolutely. well so Three of us, George, Anthony, and me, were very hard on the creative elements. They got my inputs to a lot of ways. And everything turned out fantastically. Because when you have got three strong brains working into the film, all three are filmmakers, it's a complete different story. But I told them that you will have the control. Directorial, I'm not going to interfere with Anthony's shots taking. You share it with me. I'm not going to work in the production part of the producing. George, that's your baby. I'm going to make sure everything works fine. Everything is under control, and the moment the film is ready, I will take the charge and get it into my special speciality of marketing, promotions, and festival. Plus, I will get you the best people in the industry because the best people have worked for me, and that's my contribution to the film. Very straightforward, very clean requirements from no you don't overstep anybody. And that's it. What happened? We've got one of the best sound designers who's doing the sound currently on the film, and he's done some fantastic music scores. So Getting good people, talented people on the board was important because my reputation was at stake. And anybody who was getting on the film was not getting on the film just because the story was good or because George and Anthony were there, because I had put my name on the film. So it is very risky that when you approach somebody with your name, not knowing what the other thing is going to happen. But I've been lucky, I've been blessed that so far it has worked well. All the people I've worked with have done some great work and they are doing some great work. So everything is falling in place and 
Black Lives Matter is coming out great with Divide. That's the name of the film. And we've almost come to the last phase of the post-production. So I can share more with you on that as well. Honestly, it's just so cool. And the thing is, we're going to uh, bookend um, a, a couple of excerpts that uh, Luca and, and um, Neymar have put towards, you know, these films and no doubt telling us how brilliant it was to put these together, in particular, working with you. And I think it's important to hear what they have to say. And, and I know it's very positive, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the divide, I know it's moving on to that again. I know that's really important to you. And it's a great example, again, of your social positivity and why it is you want to get these kind of projects out there. See, like I said, um, everybody, like Black Lives Matter is not just one story. It's a, it's a movement. It's got so many different aspects and layers to it, not only in America, it could be all over the world. So it's a global story. It's a global concern. What Divide is talking about is that it's an everyday story in a common family. In anybody's house, it could happen. Anybody's son, anybody's child, anybody's parent could be involved in that situation. Yeah. Because when this, when there's a movement or when you're in a protest trying to raise your voice for what you believe in, anything could happen. It, be it in India, be it in, in, in London, be it anywhere, if you're raising your voice against something that you don't agree or you want to believe in it, it's going to have its own consequences. The question comes, we bought a story from a common family and every day happening in the city of New York, it could happen to you. You might just get out of the door, go to work and never come back or get involved in some incident because you were of a different skin. You know, So it could happen anywhere to anybody. And we wanted to tell people that, you know, it is important to, to respect each other it's important to respect the values of what we have because you just can't because of your skin color do whatever you feel like or or judge them based on so it's very integrated and it's very deep about it and i'm glad that our story is working well it's shaping out very well and we hope that we are able to give that message very strongly to the people it's not about the movement it's about a situation that can happen to anybody during this moment or during any moment for a matter of fact. But we've taken the Black Lives Matter movement as our base or as our, you would say, the umbrella under which the film was based. And the acting is phenomenal. I would say right now that the three performers, three actors that we have, have done a brilliant job. I'm sure when the film's out, you will they will be applauded for their performances. It's a very strong story. It's a very strong dialogue film and three main characters and they've done a tremendous job. And after the film is done, I am very happy that I supported this project. I put my money on Anthony. He's done a great job. He's a very promising director. I think he's going to go a long way. George, of course, is a great EP. He's done a fantastic job in controlling everything else. So I think the team, the core team worked well and coming out with a great project and maybe January is what we plan to get the film out with the festival. So now we are in the finale of the last stages of the post-production. So a month's time after Christmas break, we should be out there and we look forward to sending our film to you again. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we are as an alumni, we would be sending it to you for sure because we want to spread the message 
across. It's not only about the United States, as I said. The film has to be seen all over the world because when the movement was happening here, when there were protests happening here, everybody around the world was watching the news to know what's happening. What's going on over there? It was so, so heavy, you know. So it can spark off very heavily. So we, we are not into the political scenario. We are just talking about an everyday story. So we are very, it's good. And I'm happy that I, I'm a part of a Black Lives Matter movement story, which is nice, yeah. BJ, thank you so much. I mean, you know, truly from my heart, when we've spoken before, um, I could talk to you for four, five, six, seven hours. Um, just <laughs> No, no, no. But you know I mean that sincerely. You're amazing to talk to. Um, you, you're so eloquent. Um, and something I said earlier, which is so true about you, you massively talked about those two films that were in our festival, but you didn't talk about your involvement in them until I sort of prodded you to, which shows me just a kind of the mark. No, 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 that the mark of the man that you are because you're humble, you're hiding your light under a bushel. And those, those that, that's a, a nice, that's a compliment, a massive compliment, because it shows me that you're pushing them, the filmmakers, more than you're pushing yourself, even though actually the truth is, that you really want them to be out there and you really want them to everyone to see the message you're, that you're pushing. Um, but with, but you're humble about it. And, and that's a lovely thing. And I'll take my hat off to you. Those two awards that you won last night, thoroughly deserved. Um, and thank you so much for joining me. I really, really mean that. Thanks, thanks, Steve. I, I would like to end the conversation uh, in a high note that, you know, uh, it's not only about um, giving these um, promising filmmakers a platform to showcase their stories through me or something. Uh, I feel very happy inside that it was my film. And I take the credit saying I was a part of the film. I really, very, I'm very aesthetic about when the film does well. And I tell people that, hey, I was involved in this film because it makes you feel happy that somewhere your contribution in that entire process was there. You're a part of that entire process and you were feeling so blessed that, you know, that story reached out to so many people. The story has got so many festival screenings. That story made so many, um, uh, you know, you got some great reviews about it. I got some awards about it. So the people who work with me, they get a break as well. Because if they win awards, if their film gets into festivals, they also get that thing. I've done this for the last 20 years. I've been in the media business for 20 years. But these filmmakers are young. Some of them are just like Anthony, for instance, is very young. Four or five films. He's in the, in the mid-20s. He's a long way to go. So if he gets a breakthrough with this, working with me, there's always a learning curve. You set a platform. You learn about how the things happen. You get the credits and you make better stuff. And then in the future, you have more stories. You come back and say, hey, Vijay, I got this story. Would you? So it's always building a family working together with more and more stories that come your way. But the only thing I always tell these boys is that generally I've noticed with the emerging filmmakers or sometimes even the, the seasoned filmmakers, they, they consider themselves involved only in the creation of the stories and the production of the stories. There's a big battle after the film has been made Absolutely. and they really don't know how that battle is. That's right. That is, that is a really thing. So I, I have actually taken dominance in that area and I really feel that I'm actually going to start educating these people 
giving them some better consultancy if i can't do all the film because i really can't do all the film but at least i can give them some consultancy on how they can work ahead and take the last chapter of the film to a different level but i hope that happens in 2021 so looking forward towards a different chapter of my life as well now mm-hmm.